rather specific issue. Um, the the Nerbihura, we have a sefer from him called the Drushes Haslav. He, he wrote Nerbihura wrote a sefer called Nerbihura. His father's name was Yehuda. Okay. His name was Rebbechetz Kolanda. Okay. So he named his father's sefer one sefer after his father Nerbihura. Okay. He wrote a sefer on Shas called Tzion Lenefesh Chaya. His mother's name was mother's name was Chaya. Ah. So he wrote a sefer Tzion. Tzion is like a Tzion is a, is a, re, a memorial. Of, ah. Of for the, the nefesh chaya for the uh-huh. it's, 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 both of them are puns and psukim. So we have a collection of drushes that he said mm-hmm. in the sefer tzlach called drushes and tzlach. Tzlach is rosh tevis of tzion lenefesh chaya. So the tzlach is he's known as the sefer known as the tzlach. So we have drushes from the from the nodi bihudos. So he divided up his drushes to saying an interesting. Pilpul type of a you know back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then he had practical halacha. Mm-hmm. So one of the practical halachas that he says is he finds it very interesting how sometimes how people do things which are really the opposite, almost like exactly the opposite of what halacha would require a person. So he gives an example. So the halacha is that we have a rule when you make a bracha on a mitzvah, you cannot interrupt between the bracha and the mitzvah. Right. The vast majority of mitzvahs that we do, the order is bracha, mitzvah. The person makes a bracha on the lulav, and then he takes, then he shakes the lulav. Mm-hmm. The person makes a bracha on the tefillin, he ties, he tightens the tefillin. Mm-hmm. Right. The person makes a bracha on the talus, and then he, then he wraps himself in the talus. Right. There are a few exceptions where we do the mitzvah and then we do the bracha. Mm-hmm. Okay. One example is a woman lights an air Friday night. She first lights and then she makes the bracha. The reason why that's so is because, according to the Bahag, mm-hmm. when you make the bracha, mm-hmm. we consider that you've accepted Shabbos, mm-hmm. so you could you could not light afterwards, right? Because you're saying a bracha on Shabbos. Well, it's not Shabbos yet. Well, I just said Shabbos, so now it's Shabbos, mm-hmm. so I can't light. Mm-hmm. So we say the bracha afterwards. Um, similarly, we seem to make the bracha after we wash our hands for Hamotzi. Mm-hmm. The other place where we find this idea is that a woman goes to the mikvah. What she does is she goes goes into the mikvah. We don't the men don't make a bracha on the, on, on the, on the mikvah nowadays. Um, it's not a chiyah for them to go to the mikvah. It's just like a nice thing, etc. When Mashiach comes and we want to go into the mikdash, etc., the rehalachas of tumatara, men will be making a bracha on the mikvah just like women will. Okay. So, what's the right order? Right. So the right order for making the bracha is that a person, the standard way we do it is a woman goes into the water, she, she immerses herself once, she comes up and she make a, makes the bracha. She makes the bracha after the immersion. Okay. Okay, so that's very interesting. The mitzvah is to, be, to immerse. Some women have a minute to immerse a second time, but the, you really, the second immersion doesn't really do anything. You're, once, you, once you've been... Right, come purified through the mikvah. The second one is just like you know. I have a red one that counts. Thank you. My blue one died. Um. So, um, so, so really, the eker tevila the woman does is, is the first one. The second one is just you know mm-hmm. a, a minute. Mm-hmm. So you can't make a bracha on the minute. You're not making a bracha on the second tefillah. Make a bracha on the first tefillah, even though you're making the bracha afterwards. So how do you understand that idea? That we're making bracha afterwards. Mm-hmm. So by Shabbos we said there's a specific reason. What's the reason over here? We make the bracha afterwards. 
so there is a um, a tosfos, and there's a gemara and psachim and dav zayin rabbeis. The gemara says that um, that in general you always have to make a bracha on, on the mitzvah before you do the mitzvah. Kolam it says mavarach alein over lasiyas, and you make the, you do the the bracha before you do the mitzvah. Amar kis achutz min atvila bolvad. The only exception is tevila. Mm-hmm. Going to the mikvah, and he brings a brisa. It says Taval va'ola. Person goes in the mikvah, he comes out. But he also Omer when he comes as he comes out, he makes the bracha. Share kedushah mm-hmm. b'mesavet tivanu ala tevila. Okay, so that's the gemara. So the gemara is pretty straightforward. You make the bracha on the tevila afterwards. Comes along Tosis. Tosis says, "What tevila are we referring to?" So there is potentially Tosis says there can be multiple areas where a person is tevil. Mm-hmm. One of them is the tevila of person who's Tomei who has to become Tor. There's another halachal tefillah when a person comes a gear. Mm-hmm. So Tosh says that the Reno um, the Reno Hananel said this is referring to tefillah sagir. Now tefillah sagir, this kind makes a lot of sense. There's no way that we can make a bracha that the, the gear is not Jewish before the tefillah. So you can't say asher kinder shalom and sasav and tzivonu ala tefillah when he's not chayim in the tefillah yet. Mm-hmm. You can't say Vitzivon Hashem commanded us. Excuse me, who are you? Not us. You're not us yet. There's no command yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So how can you make a bracha on the tefillah? So by the ger, the, the bracha has to be said afterwards. Mm-hmm. But by all the other tefillos, mm-hmm. it was said beforehand. The Torah says one second. You're going to ask me a question that we know there's a Gemara in in Mesetas Brachas. That even though any person who's tummy has the right to daven and say brachas, etc., there's one exception, and that's a person who's a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. The, the Mishnah there says a person who's a Valkyrie is not allowed to learn, not allowed to daven until he goes to the mikvah. So he can't make the bracha mm-hmm. until he goes to the mikvah. Mm-hmm. So it says that's machlaik is tanoyim. Mm-hmm. We don't pass in like that opinion. Mm-hmm. We pass in our meaning is that even a Valkyrie is allowed to daven, allowed to learn, mm-hmm. allowed to say brachas, etc. Mm-hmm. So even a person who's a Valkyrie goes to the mikvah, he makes the bracha beforehand. Tosis then continues and says, however, Alpha became armory. Even so, the reset. The ain't ligor benoshim shemavarches acharatvila. We cannot be um, angry at the women who, who their minigas they make the bracha after the tvila. I just told you that this every mitzvah, every, all the mitzvahs of the Torah, you make the bracha first. The one exception is tvila's gear. Some lady came along and said, well, here that I should do it. You say, lady, stop it. It's ridiculous. You don't want to do this. We should explain to them. We should yell at them. We should stop that. Whatever. No, no, no. You don't have to do that. Why? Um, because since the, the, we see by tefillah that we allow the gear to make the bracha afterwards, so once that's true by one type of tefillah, we allow by another type of tefillah also, that a person can say the bracha afterwards. Then Tehosekhtenu says, So we were making a bracha uh, on the hills of dying. The person goes to the bathroom, his hands aren't clean, you can't make a bracha. So that would be like the case of the gear. You can't make the bracha before you wash your hands. Mm. So, in that scenario, the bracha has to be said afterwards. So, even in a scenario in which I'm washing for a meal, like my hands aren't specifically dirty, and really I could make the bracha beforehand. But since in one scenario, i.e., after the basic kisa, I must say the bracha afterwards. So, in all scenarios, we're going to allow my hills of dying the bracha to be after, said afterwards. Okay. 
Then, Tosha suggests another ar- argument. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, um, so now, we know that when you make a bracha beforehand, there's a halacha of you're not allowed to interrupt between the bracha and the mitzvah. What about a scenario when you make a bracha afterwards? We're saying that these cases are unique. That we're going to allow the bracha to be said after the mitzvah as opposed to before the mitzvah. So comes along the tzlach, the b'cheskolandel, the nobiyur, and he says, even though we're going to allow the bracha to be said afterwards, or actually going to require the bracha afterwards, but the rule of not interrupting between the bracha and the mitzvah still is true. Mm-hmm. So, what's going to be different and unique is that in most mitzvahs you make the bracha and make sure you don't talk and interrupt between the, the bracha and the mitzvah. Here it's all the way around. Do the mitzvah and make sure you don't talk between the, the mitzvah and the bracha. Because mm-hmm. the order is flipped. But the rule of not interrupting doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The same way we want you to make the, the bracha has to be said on the mitzvah. And, the, and, we consider, and we consider that very significant. For example, if a person makes the bracha and before he does the mitzvah he talks, he has to make the bracha again. So speaking totally invalidates the bracha. It's an interruption to the bracha and the mitzvah. So Sirmim Mitzvah says, if the person does the mitzvah and then interrupts between the mitzvah and the bracha, you can't make the bracha anymore. You lost your bracha. Mm-hmm. So that's that. So now we will, he says you will watch many people who go and wash their hands and as they're washing their hands, they're talking and they continue talking and then they make the bracha. Mm-hmm. Totally against the halach. Hmm. Right? You can't, you know, interrupt mm-hmm. between. You now, when does the mitzvah start? As soon as you start washing your first hand. Mm-hmm. The bracha is going back in both hands. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as you put that first little bit of water on your hands, you're not allowed to talk. Because you're middle doing the mitzvah, which you cannot interrupt into the mitzvah and the bracha. Mm-hmm. And people talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one hand. Now, what about the other round? You finished washing your hands. You made the bracha. You dried your hands. And you sit down on the table and you're waiting to say, Are you allowed to talk at that moment? So says, No, you're allowed to talk then. You can't talk then. If you talk, so really go wash your hands again and make a bracha. The love is you're allowed to talk then. Once you've washed your hands, said the bracha, dried your hands between the that and the hamotzi, it's actually Makhlai because you're allowed to talk. Hmm. And we passed to make sure that you're allowed to talk. So he says, people are much backwards. Where the Lachas is allowed to talk, people say, Chas Rosh not allowed to talk. Where the Lachas is not allowed to talk, people talk. He says, people are really strange. So there's a simon called Kuf Samachvav. It's one set long, two lines. Some say, you don't have to be careful about interrupting between the, the washing and the Hamboids. It's It's good to be careful. Good to be careful means it's not, not required. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Shabura brings um, that the, the, the Zara Kaddish says a person should dive into them. So, what's the problem over here? The problem like this. Mikir Adin, Mikir Adin, there's no Allah of Hefsik. This is not a mitzvah, there's no Allah of Hefsik. What is the issue? Person washes his hands. His hands are not clean. So you're allowed to eat, eat bread. Once your hands, if your hands become unclean during the, the meal, the person touches cover parts of his body. He's not like he has to stop eating. No matter if he has to stop eating, mm-hmm. can't can't swallow what's in his mouth. 
person has food in his mouth, he has bread in his mouth, what does the basic key say? He has to stop eating. He can't swallow. So you better swallow before you go into the bathroom. You know? So your hands are unclean now. Well, why are we worried that during the meal the person's hands are going to come unclean? You know, hands, you know, hands, you know, people's hands all over the place without even thinking, like, you know, Rabbi Shimshin Pinkus, Zichlebrach, this is a story that he's once walking with his Rebbe. Um, I'm not sure who is, he said his Rebbe, I'm not sure who, is, who that's referring to. Um, and they were standing for Shabbos, they were standing next to the gate of a fence, and he was playing with the gate. And the Rebbe said to him, What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. He says, oh, What am I doing? He says, What's with the hand? What are you doing with your hands? He says, In Shabbos, you have to have constant awareness of what your hands are doing because if your hands start playing around like hands do, next thing you know, you'll be Michal Shabbos. Hmm. That's what the Rebbe told him. Hmm. So why are we worried about during the meal? So Chazal said that during the meal, because I'm aware of the fact that I must keep my hands clean. And there's always a, there's always a, in my subconscious, an awareness to keep my hands clean during the meal. But, but, what about between the washing and the meal? So imagine I wash, I haven't started eating yet, so I'm not really worried about my hands being clean because I didn't start eating yet. And I started having this constant conversation with, with Yankel over here. And Yankel, talk about this, talk about that, you know, who knows what's going to happen to your hands? So therefore, the one of him says you can't talk then in order to prevent you from not focusing on your hands. Not because there's, a, there's an actual halachic issue of hefsik. Because it's not a problem of hefsik. It's not, it's, not, it's not like a brach on, on, a, on a food that you can't end up the brach on the food, the brach on the mitzvah. Mm-hmm. The mitzvah you did, you wash your hands mm-hmm. and you start a meal. Just make sure your hands stay clean. Mm-hmm. So you want to take your hands and like hold like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that would work. So the first opinion says, no problem with hefsik. Just don't get involved in a major long discussion. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to get distracted. Second opinion says, you know what? They said, you know what? Don't even do that because we're afraid you're going to get distracted. Mm-hmm. But it's not an intrinsic problem. It's not positive. It's good to be careful. Mm-hmm. So if I ask you, what's the luck if a person sits down, washes his hands, dries them, say, says the brother, dries them, sits down with a meal, and by the way, so, he says, good job, What's the law? Nothing. Nothing at all. You're fine. Just continue. He says, you have to wash again. No, you don't have to wash again. They're going to bracha. They're going to bracha. Nothing. Just be quiet. Just stop. That's what you got to do. So it's interesting, the law, by the way, connected to this, that having salt on the table. So why do we have salt on the table? So we have salt on the table for multiple reasons. One is because we're supposed to have salt together with the bread. But the Mishabura points out that that Allah of having salt together with the bread only applies, doesn't apply to bread which is made from fine flour and doesn't apply to bread which has salt in it. Most of our bread either ha- has salt in it, it's made from fine flour. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to have salt for that. Mm-hmm. There's a Zoyer which says that there's Api Kabbalah, a person's supposed to take the bread and dip it into the salt. Not pour salt on it, dip it in salt three times. One, two, three, and then eat it. Some people do that. But there's a third reason why we have salt on the table, because it represents the idea of the table like a mizbeach. And by the mizbeach, there was a rule you had to have salt on the mizbeach. Mm-hmm. So we, our table, our shulchan is our mizbeach. And this is, there's a priest, Hashem made a priest to Klai Yisrael, he made a covenant to Klai Yisrael 
with melach, with salt. It's a, um, and the, um, so the Torah describes the act of putting salt on the kabbonas as part of the bris melach. So we should have salt on the table. Don't put it on the bread. Just salt on the table. So Magad Rav points out that you should have it on the table since people are not good in this time. So in Shemayim, there's a kitchen. People are sitting over here not, not learning. They're sitting here just like standing like this, waiting for the Hawitzi. Person says, yeah, but there's this priest melech, there's the salt there, and that, I promise Christ will safe. So the salt reacts as a reminder. Salt, your, salt is your safety valve to protect Christ while we're sitting there waiting for the Hawitzi. Because sitting there quiet. Because the sudden Jemima is saying, what are they sitting there quietly? Talk and learning! The sudden it wasn't such a big, big mouth. He says, Meeker, then it's one to talk. So how can they, how can I talk and learning? So, so it's a kitrick and Shemayim. So the salt protects us. Okay. That's what the Shabur brings us down. So, so, so comes along the Nadarim and says, Mouch, people are really strange. Where Halacha says it's awesome to talk, they talk. Halacha says, Mutter to talk, they don't talk. That's his, that's his horror. Okay. Now, let's understand. This idea that the Nebuchadnezzar is saying that um, we're making the bracha after the mitzvah, where there's a lot of hefsek between the mitzvah and the bracha. Because Tarsus continues, Tarsus says, you know, by, by, by the Tilsidayim, there's another argument. My first argument is that this is one of the exceptions. You're allowed to say the, you say the bracha afterwards, because there are scenarios where you can't say the bracha beforehand, your hands are actually not clean. So therefore, in that situation, you could always say the bracha afterwards. So in all scenarios, we allow the bracha afterwards. So you know what? There's another story. Another point to the story. What is that? Because there's a bracha of niguf. You have to dry your hands. So the mitzvah is washing and drying. So as long as I make the bracha before I dry my hands, that's called making it before I've done the mitzvah. Because the mitzvah is not considered, the bracha is a person washes his hands and does not dry them. They consider the brought the lachem is tomei, so means you didn't really accomplish anything yet just by washing. You must dry. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm, I'm not making the bracha after the mitzvah. I'm making the bracha before the mitzvah before I dry my hands. So therefore, Tosfos says you should be careful. Wash your hands, make the bracha, and then dry. Don't dry while you're making the bracha, because mm-hmm. then you're back to this problem. You're making the bracha before the after the mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So you have to wash your hands. Make the bracha and then dry. Now, also, have another reason you can be drying while you're making the bracha, because you're not supposed to do anything while you're making the bracha. Mm-hmm. So, to suggest that the reason why we make the bracha afterwards is not really afterwards, it's really beforehand. How is it beforehand? It's before the drying. Mm-hmm. It says, it says, We could argue you could make the bracha afterwards before you dry your hands, because it says, Okay, now comes the Mishabura in Simon Kufnun Ches and says this halacha that you have to dry your hands otherwise it's lechem tomei what's the scenario? and what's the question? usually we see from Chazal they used to wash their hands with less than a revius of water less than a revius of water the water becomes tomei hmm. so that's true if you don't dry your hands the water which is tomei in your hands is going to make the bread tomei mm-hmm. But let's say you wash your hands with ravines. Ravines, the water does not become tummy. So where's the tomb over here? Your hands are torn, the water is torn. So what's the problem? So Basiyah says in a case where you wash your hands with ravines, you're not going to dry your hands. 
Um, so um, the Mishabura brings this, um, but the, he brings that the Marshal, one of the one of the early Akhwan of the Marshal, disagrees. He says, when you touch the bread with with wet hands, it makes the bread not kind of like you know mm. iffy, etc. And people are going to be feel repulsed by the bread, and that's a waste of bread, and that's also. Mm. And that's so you have to even when you wash the ravines, you must dry your hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, based on that, so you have an interesting question. So what would be the situation where a person washed their hands, spoke before they made the brothel? Okay, so let's talk it through. So if the Allah of the bracha afterwards, like this first Prashad, is based on bracha with mitzvah. Not because of the drying. So it's too late. You're a master between the, the mitzvah and the bracha. You're, you're done. You can't make it a bracha. You can't make it a bracha. If, however, it's based on the idea of drying your hands, so I didn't dry, I didn't dry yet. So it's still, I still can make the bracha because it's before. Right? But even according to that argument, by what I watch with the Ravis. So according to Mishra, I said, I don't have to dry my hands. So I can't argue that I make a bracha based on the drying, because I don't have to dry even. There's no bits of a dry. Mm-hmm. According to the marshal, that I have a key of the dry, so maybe that's true. So the Mishra in the sermon before says, that which we make the bracha, um, so the Shabbat has a very interesting language. Before a cut in the tila, the Shabbat starts off with a, you, wa- you make the bracha before you wash your hands. Everybody say, I already do that? No, neither do that. But no, you should work out after the tila, even though your bracha, you make it beforehand, but the minute you do it afterwards, because sometimes your hands aren't clean, therefore we always make the bracha afterwards. Okay. Then the Ramboy adds, well, you have to, there's a lot of drying your hands. So it's called Avadasiyasa because of the. Um, okay, now the Shakhanar says, when do you, when you make the bracha, you wash your hands once in each hand, you make the bracha of and then you pour a second time, you rub your hands together, and you dry your hands. That's how Shakhanar passes when you, when you make the bracha. Mm. Well, I imagine starting to do that. I don't know if I haven't seen that, I'm starting to. Okay. Um, um, but the Maisa, the Minigar Lamashabur says it's not like this. The Minigar doesn't make it afterwards. And he brings the Ramah that you're allowed to say it afterwards because you have to dry your hands. Well, what would be in the case you wash the Ravias? Uh huh. Um, so the Mishabur says, even though you, you, you wash the Ravias, according to the Makabra, you don't have to dry your hands. Come back and blow plug. So the Ramah says, blow plug. So now, Halach Lamaisa. Um, that um, so Ravosner said in the case where a person washes hands and spoke before he made the bracha he loses the bracha he can't make a bracha anymore that's Ravosner that's Al's sock um, so I found and that, that and Ravosner Shrembach Shlita also says the same he brings from the grub, the grub said that the correct eight to make humans without a brothel is not a good thing. 
stays there should be Matama Yerudayim and start over again. Now I think it's a very Bechidish. Because here, that's if your hands are totally clean. So, bringing Matama your hands and making start over again is like a Baruch Hashem mm-hmm. I have no need to make this Baruch. I don't need to do this Mitzvah anymore. It's done. Mm-hmm. So I don't really understand that. Um... But I found in the Sefer, the Sefer Abna Yoshve, um, that he brings, and not every good not every good that, um, and he argues, even according to the Shukhanar, that you don't have to dry your hands. You might say, you could maybe, you could argue this little plug that he says. So nearly, um, in Hisika, um, if you were a you would still make the brach. He holds. So you can make, make mm. the brach. And he says, Rabbi Yasha will read with him. Then he says, okay, let's talk about the other scenario which we mentioned. A woman who lights neighbors. woman who lights neighbors. And before she makes the brach, so what do we do? We say like this. You know, you can't make, you can't make the brach beforehand because of this potential issue of being a Kabul shot. Mm. You make the brach after the mitzvah. That's weird. You can't do brach after the mitzvah. So what the woman does is she covers her face. And since the main purpose of the mitzvah halakha is neiris, is not the actual halakha, but the idea of having neiris in your home. So she doesn't allow herself to actually benefit from the light until after she makes the bracha. So she's blocking the light. That's why a woman covers her face. Mm-hmm. Not because of some Kabbalistic idea. Right? Simply, she should not benefit from the light. She makes the bracha, and then she opens her eyes and benefits from the light. So she is in a certain sense, doing it before the mitzvah, because the mitzvah really is over here, not the action, but the result. Mm-hmm. That's our minute. So when Riyasha says that situation, even though she spoke, since it's still before the mitzvah, i.e. the benefit of the light, you can make it broken. Um, and that's what he suggested. So, um, yeah, but I think uh, it's a very interesting point. It's not, it's not very well known. Uh, and I, we tested it out on you. Right? And I asked you a lot of talk between before Hamoitzi, after you wash your hands, and you said, no, because that's what most people assume. Right? If I asked you, you're allowed to talk while you're washing your hands, you would have said, yes, because what's the problem? Right? So, Sila Borch Hashem, we passed the test. Um, with another who says that you're normal.